The first lesson for today is from Ezekiel chapter 37. This will serve as the basis for the sermon this morning. We see God teaching his church of his promise to keep them, to preserve them, to make them alive by his power and spirit, for he is the Lord. Ezekiel says about this vision, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. The Word of the Lord. Dear people of God, you who have been bound together, one, one body and one Lord, one faith and one baptism, by one Spirit. There's a beginning and a middle and an end. I guess that's true of a lot of different things, but that's also going to be true of this sermon. <laughs> There's a beginning and a middle and an end. It's true of what we heard in Ezekiel and this vision and interaction with God. There was a beginning and a middle and an end. And we're going to talk about those three parts 
as the outline for our time together today. And it's interesting where the beginning starts because you're led with Ezekiel by the Spirit out into a valley full of bones. But the reason you get to the bones is because the real start of all this and the real beginning is not in what God says or what Ezekiel sees. The real of the captive people in captivity in Babylon and what they said. God says, I hear them talking, I hear them talking. And I like this because our beginning is showing you that God is paying attention to your needs. God is listening to your thoughts. He cares about your heart and he's addressing where his people are to move them into a better place. Do you remember at the end, it's in verse 11, because there's like a, let's do this little bit of a, a parallel, okay? In a parable, Jesus would often explain it, right? He gives you a parable, then he tells you, and I like to do this in a, a Google Doc or something where I'll, I'll make a little table with two columns, and I'll put the parable on one side and the explanation on the other. And in the beginning of this one, you have, you know, led by the Spirit, Ezekiel goes to a valley of bones, it's full of bones, lots of bones, very dry bones. And in the explanation at the beginning, God says, Ezekiel, the people are saying, our bones are dry. Did you hear that? The real start is in the hearts of these people. They're saying, our bones are dry. Our bones are all dried up. And if you're like, well, I don't know what that means. You probably have a clue what that means if you're going to say your bones are dried up. They're saying their bones are dried up. Our hope is gone, is the next thing they say. Our hope is gone. We are cut off. This wasn't just a sucker punch of God. This was the putting to death idolatry in the hearts of his people that he ripped them out of the promised land and cut them off. So they're saying, we're cut off. Ah, we're cut off. We're in Babylon. This is not right. This isn't good. And they were hopeless because of it. Their bones were dry, they're saying, in their hearts, which is a really bad spot. Your bones are dry. There's no life in us. They're not saying, oh, God's going to do something. They're beginning, the beginning. If you're with these people in Babylon, there's no faith here. There's despair only. Our bones are dry. Nobody's sitting there cheerleading one another in the word of God to say, God will bless us. God will keep his promises. God will send the Savior. There's no God will. There's no God is. There's no preaching about God. There's just our bones are dry. Our hope is gone. And we are cut off. I want you to start there because that's where we start in Ezekiel 37. Bone dry. I guess it's a saying. Bone dry, it's so, so, so dry. There wasn't even somebody who like said, well, God has to do something. We may not know it, we may not see it, but God has to do something. Nobody's standing up for God. Nobody's saying, we know the Lord. We know the Lord based on his character, based on his history. He has to act for his people. No, and that's why another thing that you saw in the middle was something really good. And you will know that I am the Lord. God is putting his reputation out in front of you today. And he's doing it right in the eyes and in the ears of a bone-dry people so that he could breathe life into them again. So I'm wondering about you. 
what would make you say bone dry today? When we describe the sinful nature, we call it dead in sin. Not on life support in sin. Not just cancer in sin. We call it dead in sin. It's so bad. And we do that for a reason. If you came to church as an activity and you paused and didn't talk when the word of God was shared, and if I came to talk, if I came to church and as an activity I opened my mouth and I shared the good news of God into your listening ears, speaking voice, listening ears, all of it would bear no fruit without the Spirit. Do you get that? You realize any time you spend in your devotional life is fruitless, spiritless, without the Spirit. You don't grow in faith. You don't get preserved in faith. You're not kept in faith. I can talk all I want. You can listen all you want. If the Spirit does not do His Spirit thing to make dry bones alive, I'm knocking on my bones, making sure I'm, I feel it. <laughs> if He doesn't do His Spirit thing to make bones alive, we are not created in faith. We're not strengthened in faith. We're not kept in faith. Isn't that a marvel? And now you begin to say, oh, I, I feel that. I feel that. God did something crazy to my schedule when he brought COVID into my life. He emptied it. He emptied my life of a whole lot of mess and distractions. He emptied my, our lives as a community of a whole bunch of stuff that we had our hands busy in, right? And still, did I, was I after it more than any before to read the word for a family devotional life? Did it, did it change course? Did you ch alter your priorities? We have time now. We had time. We talked about it back March. We talked about it back in April. I looked eyeball to eyeball with our councilman saying, you know what? If we're not going to have a personal or family devotional life at home in COVID, are we ever going to? COVID was this big old softball toss. It wasn't a fastball at 100 miles an hour. It was a big old softball toss for devotional life. Hey, there's a book. There's a book I've always been wanting to read. Or there's a time, like half an hour, I've always thought, talked about we should have as a family in the Word of God, and we haven't always done it. And now we could. But did we? Bone dry. When you find a bone in the woods in Colorado, you find a bone in the woods. This is like a moose or an elk or something, but it is, it is bone dry. I don't know who it, I mean, I don't know what it belonged to, <laughs> okay? It's not human, but it's definitely cool to think about bones and to go there in the beginning and to say, Lord, if but by your spirit, the culture around me would have its way with me, my schedule would trump my list of priorities. My sinful nature would override any desires in my heart. If you don't knock and do something, if you don't speak, Lord, if you don't breathe life into these dry bones, we are nothing and have no potential, no possibility of that ever changing. That's a valley 
of dry bones that are very dry. That's the beginning of this text. And God took his prophet to see it in a vision and relay it to people because he said, I know, I the Lord know and can do just what I need to with dry bones. So I want you to stand there in your good beginning today in the middle of the valley of dry bones. Understand what dryness means. Understand if we are left to ourselves, what happens without the presence, the gift, the power of the Holy Spirit at work through the word every time we put it to work. There is no conversion in our community. There is no baptism that creates faith. There is no strengthening in the sacrament. There is none of these things that ever takes place if the Spirit of God does not will and do. And God says to his prophet, go into that valley and prophesy to those bones. Talk to them. After God says, can these bones live? It's the great epic question. Look at it. Look at it. Can this bone live? You can see this on a living creature again. Can this bone live? Uh, not my territory, says Ezekiel. Uh, it's pretty bone dry to me. Not going anywhere, not doing anything. Lord, you alone know. That's your stuff. You make alive. You fashioned from nothing. This is picked up in the New Testament, Romans chapter 4. Lord, you are the God that calls the dead alive, calls things that are not as though they are. That's your stuff, Ezekiel says. That's yours, God. You do that. You alone know. And God says, I do know, and I do will it. Go talk to those bones. Go to those captives in Babylon and speak to those bones that have lost their hope. I can do something about that. Can people change? Not by themselves. Can God change people? You betcha. And you're about to watch it happen. And Ezekiel got his eyes opened as suddenly those bones began to have flesh. And they took on tendons to connect them one to another. And then skin that covered those bones. But the great emphasis wasn't on the physical makeup of that body that was there. The great emphasis, it's kind of this big dramatic pause, but those, that body didn't move. Do you remember that? Let me just uh, read it at the end of the parable time. Tendons, flesh appeared, skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Then, you, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. This is the will of God that you would say, come Holy Spirit. Kindle in us the fire of your love. Come. Prophesy to the breath. Say, come from the four corners of the earth. Come and bring these bones to life. It's just a body. Without the Holy Spirit. Prophesy and speak to that breath. This is my will. God says that I would send my spirit and you would be alive. I will send and breathe life into you. It's going to be one thing for you Israelites if you get out of your captivity and you get to smoosh your little toes in the soil of Israel again. It's going to feel great. I know you're going to love it being back in the promised land. I will and I plan to do that. I'm going to keep my promise to do that. But 
I'm going to do more. My spirit. I'm going to send you my spirit that you will know that I am the Lord. That I'll have a reputation in your heart again. I'm going to put life in these bones. You say, I know my God and he does not leave me or forsake me. I know my God and he died on the cross for me. I know my God and the power of his strength. You see, this now becomes the definition for the church. The church is not a physical place. The church is not just a physical group of people. The church is invisible to God. The church is all that Jesus makes alive by his spirit. That's the church. The church is all those who sing and believe in Jesus, sing to Jesus and believe in his name as their savior from sin. That's the church. It's by the Spirit's work. It's bones that go from hopeless to now a living, breathing creature because of the gospel. Those who hold on to the word of God in their hearts and they speak it out. We're all fired up for that. This is what makes the church alive. That's the essential definition of the church. is made alive by the Spirit through the word. Isn't that lovely and and beautiful. And it's God who speaks to his prophets and to his people to say, I will. And if you're a veteran among us in the church, you have seen threats over church history that would suck people by themselves to be bone dry. That would wreck and ruin faith off the face of the earth but you've seen the Holy Spirit overcome obstacles in people's lives and keep them, even through death, in their Savior's strength. There are those of you who are in the thick of COVID right now, navigating the world, navigating your family, navigating a congregation as we try to stay unified with a hope and a life to share all fired up and energized that no matter what it looks like, no matter how it feels, the Spirit is with his word. And we can count on that and do ministry together. So let's rub our hands together. Let's put our heads together. Let's get some elbow grease out and do it. And there are those who are young among us. You have felt the influence of the Spirit. You believe in Jesus. And that is life that God has put in your dry bones. And he promises that when your pastor is gone, when your parents are gone, when your family of faith looks and feels different, that God is still there. And his Holy Spirit is going to work through the word to be yours. And you can hold on in the strength of that faith with the promise of God to continue to go forward from life into death in his name. This is the middle. Don't move on until you've seen it all. A Jesus who has so conquered and so rules that he blesses his spirit and he does the work that he alone can do for his church and he makes you alive. And then you get to the end. And you have a, a little change of word that at the end of the parable side that life, the breath came, 
and breathed life into the slain, those who had been slain by the tragedy of their cut-offness, those who had been squished for their idolatry in the law are now built back up in the name of the Lord of grace and mercy that you would bring us back and keep your promises. They are not slain anymore. Look at them. Look at them living and breathing. How does it end? And they stood up on their feet. A vast army. Isn't that cool? That's what I get to see today. Not because your flesh and bones has accomplished anything, but by God's Spirit you live. But by God's Spirit you know your Lord. But by God's Spirit you are now weaponized against the devil's lives. And by God's Spirit you can hold this in your faith and keep it the name of Jesus and what that means to you. And by God's Spirit, you can defend yourself against all those arrows of the evil one. And by God's Spirit, you are an army that marshals out the kingdom of God, demolishing lives, lies, and strongholds of Satan as you bring good news and proclaim it into people's hearts. You with your mouth, them with their ears, and God by his Spirit. What a, what a wonderful ending. So brothers and sisters, hold on to this vision today. We need it in the church. God gave it to meet a need so that we would not despair despite our sin, despite our roller coaster ups and downs, that we would know I can use this word and the word has the spirit and that makes us alive. To God be the glory. Amen.